The following podcast contains spoilers for The Pledge. You have been warned! What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KFI News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Button, along with your host, Miguel Magusto. That is me, that is I, that is Irene, and myself. Not in that order. <laughs> yeah. Jim Carrey's punching the air somewhere. Yeah. Mm. Yes, he, yes, he is. How are you doing, Glenn? I am not too shabby. I, yes. I might have just done my taxes on the day before tax day, but that's that's hearsay. That is yeah, hearsay. You know, that's two weeks ago for uh, the, this audience here. Yeah. So we're three weeks ago. So, uh, you know, I just got back from Iceland. I'm uh, tired. Mm-hmm. My arms are tired from flapping. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, no, I, we're recording this before I went to Iceland, so I have no of idea. Course. No idea how tired I will be from flapping my wings. Probably just a little tired. <laughs> just a little tired. I'm sorry. I, I'm uh, a dad. I'm obligated to make that joke. So y- You've got the certification. Certification I do. is the way, weirdest way I've ever heard yeah. pronounced that, but here we are. Yes, uh, but the uh, when people do listen to this, the Stonies will have come out. Yes! So I really hope people enjoy that. Uh, lots of... Uh, everything and everywhere. I mean, and crowds have been flocking for that for the longest time. They crowds. Have, they have. Dozens it, of them. It has been th- 30 views by me and then the rest, the mm-hmm. million other ones. The other by 10 other by me and then two yeah. more by everyone else. It's perfect. <laughs> I love I mean, the algorithm. <laughs> if I'm honest, I make those for me. I don't really care if people watch yeah. them. I, I hope people watch them, but I don't for really care. For us, damn it. For us. For us. Because they're funny. And mm-hmm. I don't care what anyone says. But anyway. We're funny. It's been a while since we recorded the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Glenn. Yeah. I know you're going to disappoint me. How many movies I... have you watched in the three weeks it's been since we recorded <laughs> the podcast? It's so weird to think that it's been three weeks because it does not feel like that at all. Yeah. Um, but I've at least watched three movies. That I'll, I'll give you that. The yeah. three of which we've seen pretty much together. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into that. Uh, we watched Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves a wee little bit ago. Uh, there was a YouTube video out for that little bad boy, and uh, who knows? Maybe we liked it. Maybe we rolled that D twenty and got a high ass score. Yeah. Uh, but let's move on. The one movie that I didn't see with you, or did we had to talk about in any way, but kind of we had to talk about in some sort of way. It had to get scored eventually. Yeah. Uh, for the Stonies, I watched Till, which would had been on my list, but of course I'm really shitty at watching movies lately because I'm poopy. Uh, mm-hmm. Dear God, Danielle Deadweiler is amazing in this. She is, and it is super kind of traumatic uh yeah that i was not expecting them to show um emmett till's uh body in it i was just kind of fully expecting it to like just be in the background and just be like oh you know this yeah. is what happened and then uh, they showed it and i was like oh i mean that was i i get what you're saying but that was kind of the whole point oh 100 uh like like she purposefully wanted his the picture of his his body. Well, to be fair, I didn't know that. any of like the backstory, like oh, the okay. real events. I didn't know yeah. almost anything. So, yeah, if um, you didn't know that, I could see you being shocked yeah, by that. So, so, little shock value is when they actually. I thought the movie was gonna just kind of play it safe and be like, oh yeah, you know the 
the body, the feet, and you know, here's the feet of the the body, but we're not actually going to show what happened. And then boom, it showed. I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's a leap, and I liked that. Uh, yeah. But uh, since it you know followed the actual events, I mean, it made makes super sense that they did show it. Yeah. Um, and it it's fucking crazy that the bill for lynching. Uh, obviously for not lynching was just passed last year yeah it's fucking disgusting this this country and <sighs> it's need for freedom despite doing what is right is fucking mm-hmm. obnoxious as shit i hate it i want to yeah, move it was someone a traumatic movie uh really yeah. great performances um and yeah, on a slightly happier note, we watched uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, yes, yo. not not the one with Bob Hoskins and uh, John Leguizamo, yeah. but uh, the, Leguizamo. the new one. Uh, yeah, and was it good? I don't know. I hit that power up button. There's a YouTube out there somewhere with a video for us reviewing it. After that, we watched Renfield, which has just literally happened the pretty much the week we were uh, recording this. And then, of course, we watched The Pledge, which we shall get into in a moment. Mike, spit it, daddy. Yes. Uh, well, I'm going to try to do this as fast as I possibly can because mm-hmm. uh, I watched 19 movies, uh, which, you know, is pretty on par. It's yeah. not high or low. Um some of them rewatches you'll see in just a minute. The first one I watched, uh, you know, as many people who listen to this know, I have my Ingmar Bergman collection I'm trying to get through this year. How many uh, do you have left? I think I'm halfway now. Um, Not bad. I think between 2020 and now I've watched 20, and I think there's mm. 40, 41 in the collection. Okay. Um yeah, I, I'm not entirely sure, but I'm I'm pretty close to halfway. Uh, but yeah, there. Uh, every time I watch it, I'm reminded why I had to stop in 2020. Because of course, I started in January 2020, and then the pandemic happened. Mm-hmm. And anyone who knows Ingmar Bergman, his movies are usually pretty depressing. Yeah. And when he there's a global pandemic and also a horrible election going on at the same time in the country, you don't really want to be depressed. I watched more dumb shit in 2020 than I did in probably the previous five <laughs> years. Just, I mean, obviously, like, by the time I hit it, October hit, I realized I could do a movie a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, I just pumped out all the movies that I really didn't care about that were just mindless, possible fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I don't know why I'm talking about 2020, but I watched The Silence. Uh, it's a movie about estranged sisters uh, l- going to a, a hotel in a country that is on the verge of war, and there's a lot of tension, and one of the sisters is dying, and it's very interesting and sad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's typical Ingmar Bergman, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Um, then we watched Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves. We have a review for that up on YouTube. Uh, then I watched The Virgin Spring, which is an- another Ingmar Bergman film. Uh, for those of you who are unaware or uh, are aware of Last House on the Left, uh, both of those are based on the same Swedish play from like the 14 or 1500s or story or poem or whatever. Uh, it's There was this play written in Sweden that long ago. This was based on it, so it was Last House on the Left, uh, the Wes Craven film. Uh, so anyone who has seen either of those knows what they're in for, and it is depressing. Uh, 
<laughs> I don't know why I said that like that. Uh, Gonna add some anyway. flair to it. Yes. Then with my boy, my baby child, I watched The Lion King one and a half because, uh, you know, he loves Pumbaa. And Timon, Mm -hmm. and that is a Timon and Pumbaa movie, if I've ever seen one. Uh, Then I watched a movie called Our Friend with Jason Segel and Casey Affleck and Dakota Johnson. Okay. Uh, And uh, it's based on a true story. Casey Affleck and Dakota Johnson are married. She gets cancer, and their friend, played by Jason Segel, just, like, goes above and beyond to help them out. Uh, Like, lives with them for, like, six or seven months. Um, So it's about that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, based on a true story, really, really liked it way more than I thought it would. I would, the poster sucks. So I was mm. kind of judging what I would think of it based on the poster. Yeah. Uh, but it's a, it's a really well-made feel good movie that is also realistic because, you know, a woman has cancer and everything. So it, ha- it does have the struggles, but, uh, it, it reminds you of friendship and, and life and all that. So it's, it's a really well, surprisingly well-made. Uh, then, with my boy, my boy no. child, I watched mm. The Lion King 2, Simba's Pride, uh, mm. the 1998 sequel. Uh, one and a half is the, technically the third one in the franchise. Uh, oh, wow. Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. Uh, so this is one I had told you that you should probably watch because it was kind of nostalgic. I don't think yeah. I told you it was good, but I think I told you it was nostalgic. Apparently, I I, I remembered stuff from it, so I think I did okay. watch it. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely the worst one in the, the series. Yeah. But... It's fine. It's what you expect from a Disney straight to video release. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. I never watched one and a half. One and a half is funny. It's essentially just like a clip show uh, showing the events of the first one, but from Timon (laughs) and Pumbaa's standpoint, which is arguably the more important story. Of course. Uh, Then we watched the Super Mario Brothers movie, did a review for that. You can check that out on YouTube. The next day, I watched uh, Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves again because I wanted to. My mom, who is a teacher's aide, uh, was on spring break, so she got to watch my boy. And I got to have a a day going to see that. Uh, Then me and my uncle, who was in town, uh, for those of you who don't know, my uncle is the one who, when we saw a man called Ove and he saw something tragic happen in that movie, he went, whoa, in the middle of the theater. (laughs) Uh, it's all he's known for now. That's it. <laughs> yeah, it is all he's known for. We went to the Bryn Mawr Film Institute, which he loves to go to because he loves their popcorn. Uh, yep. and we, They've and got he, great th- popcorn. They do. Since the first time we've been there, he's asked me to take him every time he's visited from California. Mm. Um, but we went and saw The Quiet Girl, which was a rewatch for me. Highly recommend that movie. And then we watched a film called A Thousand and One, which I believe was in Sundance this year uh, or oh. the year before. I can't remember. Uh, it's essentially about this um, uh, mother and son in, I want to say, Harlem or Hell's K- Kitchen. Those two things might be the same thing. I don't know. I'm not from New York. But uh, it's, they're, they're close to each other. They're close to each other. I, I believe it is Harlem, but it could have also been Hell's Kitchen because I remember them saying that at one point. Um, but so it's essentially like she gets out of prison, uh, kidnaps him from a foster home. Uh, because she was court-ordered to stay away. Uh, mm-hmm. And then there's more to it that I will not get into, because it's a spoiler. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's a solid movie, for the most part. Uh, kind of weak in some aspects, but, you know, for a low-budget independent film, I really enjoyed it for what it was, and it's, it tells a great story. Not bad. Yes. Then the Ingmar Bergman film continued my collection. I continued the collection. Uh <laughs> 
<laughs> and I rewatched the Seventh Seal. Uh, for those of you who are aware, this is the Ingmar Bergman movie where uh, a knight, a Crusades knight, plays chess with death on a beach. Uh, and so this, I haven't watched this. This is known as like one of the most existential like dramas that he's ever made. Uh, and there are elements of that, but this was a lot funnier than I remembered it being. Uh, Interesting. And I was I was surprised at how funny it was because there's a, there is a lot of humor. It, like yes, there is that existential dread and everything as well, but there's way more humor than I remembered there being. So it was really cool to see that. Uh, then I watched a Polish film that was for the 1001 movies you must see before you die called A Man of Marble. Um, that uh, is a Polish film about a documentary film student uh, who is making her thesis film on a man who was like a propaganda icon mm-hmm. uh, for the Soviet Union, I want to say, back in the 40s and 50s or something like that. Uh, and he went missing and is kind of her fo- trying to find him and everything, see, see what happened to him uh, because he became a revolutionary afterwards as well. Um, so, yeah, pretty interesting. Then I saw a movie that you and I were about to review back in 2020, but then uh, theaters decided to close again. <laughs> and we had uh, a whole thing planned out for it and everything. Yeah, we did. And I shot it, and it has some of the best special effects I've ever done. Like, yep. I added I added meteorites. It's Greenland, for those of you who don't know, the Gerard Butler asteroid meteorite comet movie, whatever you want to call it. I added meteorites to the atmosphere that I was looking at across the lake, and... Like, it didn't look 100% real, but, like, for me, yeah. who has no special effects or visual effects uh, ex, um, experience, yeah. it looked pretty fucking good, if I do say so myself. And anyway, so I watched that. Uh, it's, you know, it's your typical disaster film. There were moments that were, like, really powerful, which was unexpected, but overall, mm-hmm. it's it's just okay. Uh, but I, I do, if you're a fan of disaster films like I am, I do suggest people check it out. Um, then with my boy, my baby mm. child, I watched the, the rewatch, the Croods, the Nick Cage, Emma Stone, Ryan Reynolds, uh, caveman cartoon. We were yeah. just talking about that the other day. Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah. Cause you were watching a, uh, a clip from the second one. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's better than what you would think it would be. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. It, there you go. I uh, haven't fully watched it in absolute <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Uh, then I watched a film called But I'm a Cheerleader, which has <laughs> Natasha Leone, I think her name is. Yeah, mm-hmm. Natasha Leone. Uh, it's from 1999, so it's um, you know relatively old. I didn't even know she was acting back then. But it's about this uh, cheerleader who, uh, you know, is a closeted lesbian, and her parents send her to a um, God. What are those terrible places? Um, fuck. Um, like a, a camp to try to turn yeah. her straight. I forget what they're called, and I'm glad I forget what they're called because that means they're you not really around. Well, they're probably still around, but they're, they're fucking horrible. But uh, she, they send her to one of those camps to turn her straight, and she goes into the the camp being like, "I'm not lesbian," mm-hmm. uh, and not having really explored being a lesbian, just happens to you know have pictures of. Uh, attractive women in her locker and her boyfriend's also a horrible kisser and that's how they think she's a lesbian because she doesn't want to be kissed by a horrible kisser 
Ah. Uh, and yeah, she kind of discovers that she might be a lesbian. And it's very, very good. I had a lot of fun watching it. It's a funny movie. Uh, RuPaul is in it. He plays one of the counselors who's trying to teach all the the gay uh, boys how to be straight. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just really funny seeing RuPaul in that. <laughs> in, I, in, I just saw a role. clip with him in uh, Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> And he's oh, like, yeah? yeah, this is the first time a drag queen is playing in a in a, like a, a role like this. And he's like, drag queen. And Jimmy Fallon has this fucking existential crisis. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, no, my life is flashing. Before. And he's like, I'm the drag queen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it, it was really funny seeing him. I, I'm pretty sure he, uh, he, him is his pronoun. So if mm. that's incorrect, I apologize. But, yeah, he, he was really funny. Natasha Leone was funny in that. Uh, and also, uh, um, Rufio from Hook is in it too for a minute. Oh, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I had a lot of fun watching it. I highly suggest people check it out. Then I rewatched my film Banshee because I had to make sure that it was good to go for the festivals it's going to be in coming up. Yeah. Uh, then we watched Renfield. Uh, we'll get, uh, well, we have a review for that. We're not going to get into it. We have a review for that. So you can check it out on YouTube. Then I watched the, the mini series. I'm hoping it just stays a mini series. Uh, Beef, the A24 mm. miniseries with Stephen Young and Ali Wong. Uh, really well done. Uh, I, I liked it for the most part. There are a few parts that I thought were lazy, but that's just my personal pre- And Pretty much, the, without going too much into it, there is an affair as a subplot in this. Uh, yeah. To me, affairs are a cheap and lazy way to create conflict. Uh, yes, they're realistic because people do cheat on each other. But it just came off as for for something that was so creative and new and different. Yeah, this person having an affair, I was like, oh, you're really you're really gonna dumb Do it down that, that way. No. Yeah, so I was a little disappointed in that. But other than that, I loved it. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's a fantastic show. Highly suggest people check it out. And then I watched the pledge, which we'll get into right now. of a young girl has just been found. She was a second grader. I guess that put her about seven and a half, eight. Who did this? We intend to find out. Do you promise me that you will? Yes, Mrs. Larson, I... I promise. (laughs) Jerry, for Christ's sake, you're retiring. Well, I'm trying to fit all the pieces together, fill in the gaps. You did have a daughter that went missing three years ago, didn't you? Thought you were supposed to be fishing. Need more time on this. No offense, but you're retired. You don't work here anymore. Jenny drew a picture of a giant. She called him the wizard. He was as big as a mountain. I have reason to believe that she was meeting with this man seen here. And you see this big black car? Come on, Jerry. You gotta start getting on with your life. I made a promise, Eric. You're old enough to remember when that meant something. A retiring police detective pledges to catch the killer of a young child. I believe I said this last time, but I love how succinct that is. Short and sweet, baby. Short and sweet. Directed by Sean Penn, written by Friedrich Durenmott, uh, Jerzy Kromolowski, and Mary Olsen Kromolowski is starring Nicholson, Nicholson, Jack, Jack, <laughs> Jack Nicholson, Benicio Del Toro, Patricia Clarkson, Bo Daniels, uh, Aaron Eckhart, uh, Adrian Dorville, uh, Costas Mandalore, Helen Mirren's in there for a single scene, I believe. Pretty much. Um, 
Mickey Rourke's in there. Robin Wright's in there. Mickey Rourke. A lot of people, you you could tell this was made by an actor because he called in a lot of favors. Sam Shepard's yeah. in there for a minute. Harry Dean Stanton's in there for a minute. A lot of big names are in there for a single scene and then peace out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this was on my massive list of movies that I make Glenn pick a number and then it comes up with that. This is mm-hmm. the one that came up. Uh, it's one of the that list is mostly rewatches for me because it's a lot of movies that I want to rewatch and most of them you haven't seen. Yeah. Um, but uh, this was one of the rare ones that I hadn't seen and uh, pretty much only wanted to see it because of Jack Nicholson. Love Jack Nicholson. Been He's great. Missing, he is great. I've been missing him lately because he retired from film in 2009 or 10, whenever a bucket, the Bucket List came yeah, out. Yeah, Bucket List was one of the last ones. Yeah, that was his last one. And um, I got to say, like, I like the story. I like his performance in this. But I feel like it is slow moving in a bad way. Um, it, it, it's slow moving and meandering and doesn't really stick to one idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, I think it is also a victim of, uh, poor editing, which, you know, that's not to knock the editor. Every editor has one miscue and it depends on who they're working with and everything. Uh, it's Jake, also 2001 editing too. So there was a yeah, lot of, that's true. a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. A lot of slow motion with, uh, things that weren't shot for slow motion. And, a lot of snap zooms. Yeah, snap zooms. So it's just, it's just, <sighs> just bad. There's, there's bad a lot, there's bo- a lot to me. unpack from this movie. Yeah. Um, pretty much right from the beginning, you're introduced to the story that uh, is pretty much kind of regular in most movies, but, you know, it set the groundwork for, you know, who he is, uh, what he's about, what his life's going through, uh, mm-hmm. him retiring. Um, of course, there's this case that happens as he's retiring, and you're like, he's like, fuck, we're tiring. We're going to figure this shit out. Yeah. And pretty much they, air quotes, solve it right off the bat. Uh, but he knows for a fact they didn't. Um, so it sets the groundwork. Uh, I think it, it, it did it pretty nice. Uh, there's there's a couple things that, like, I was like, eh. Uh, like, at first, I didn't, I didn't even know that was Benicio as uh, as Toby, uh, the uh, the guy they brought in. I was like, oh, he looks familiar. And then they actually like showed his face. I'm like, what the fuck is Benicio doing as a Native yeah. American? <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, he's he's a great actor. He like just disappears into roles. Um, um, but he was he was great. And then like they do that that whole little act right there, and then they kind of move on from it. And then it, it's it's setting more groundwork for him, like not getting over this case, and that he, he doesn't think it's done, that that guy's still out there, um, that it that it wasn't Benicio, and like you really, to me, I was like really kind of liking that. I was liking that he was still trying to figure shit out. I was liking that he's digging further into all of it. But at a certain point, you just kind of stop liking his character, and that was my biggest flaw. Yeah. Or one of my biggest flaws. There's there's two really big flaws, but that was that was my big one. Is that you really liked him, and then at a certain point, which I've got a very specific point. I'll let us talk a little bit more before we get there. Is like just the breaking point. I'm like, fuck this guy. <laughs> I was really enjoying this man until that happened. Not fair. Yeah. Not fun. Uh, but yeah, I was I was on board for it for a little bit. I think it was 
about the hour mark is when it actually hit that part. So like. I was like, yeah, okay, this is enjoyable enough. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I didn't even know Mickey Rourke was in this fucking movie. Like, I saw the scene, but I didn't... I Was this before his plastic surgeries and all that? Um, I don't know, because I know, I know he had, like... Got his face beat up in a in boxing. Oh, um, and then that's why he got the plastic surgeries. I understand. Uh, at the very least, he's a solid, uh, you know, fifteen years younger than he. Oh, maybe not fifteen. Maybe it's only ten. Uh, mm. Judging by how he aged between this and the wrestler, I'm gonna say yes. He probably did get, um, you know. Yes. Some kind of <laughs> cosmetic surgery between now and then. Or then in, you know, 2000 and, and 2009, I think The Wrestler came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, I'd, I'd say so. Yeah. 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 I, I was going to let you talk a little bit because uh, I kind of just ran that. No, it's quite all right, yeah. my, my friend. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I kind of agree. You kind of feel like... Uh, at the at the midpoint is really when I stopped caring because it seems like he stopped caring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, I don't know. The, the whole film just kind of has a corny setup. Uh, it opens the very, very first scene is also the very last scene as well. Yeah. Uh, you see him kind of ranting and mumbling to yourself, and then it shows you how he got to that point. Um, and then he... It cuts to him fishing, and then he drives from the mountains to the desert. Uh, I believe he says they're in Carson City or whatever in Nevada. And he takes his fish with him to work. It's just a whole weird, corny setup that, yes, it shows who he is very quickly and also like that he's kind of on the end of his career and everything, so he's focusing mm-hmm. more on fishing than he is actual work. Um but it, I don't know. It, it's a mixture of the editing and, and that and the music. It's just a, a, a cacophony of the worst part of early 2000s films. Yeah. Um, and it, I don't know. It's, it's so, it, the whole film was just weird tonally to me. It had a lot of really great moments. I think. Uh, like I thought Benicio Del Toro was great. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the pretty much. Where I lost interest, and I hate to say it, uh, is when the mother of the girl that was murdered makes him make the pledge. Because oh, yeah. that was that was kind of hokey. It was like, swear well, on this cross that my daughter made. That's the thing that I've, I haven't watched that many Sean Penn movies, but we've we've watched a few. You've made me watch uh, Mystic River. Um, was, well, did he, 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 he make that or was he just in it? He's just in it. Clint oh, okay. Eastwood made that. Well, what's funny is that I feel that I, I came after this, I think, right? Yeah, two but years after. What What's funny is the films that it feels like he's in, and the films that he makes, they feel. Uh, this is so hard to sound nice. They feel like all like kind of American, in a way, like a like an American like story and like. And then it adds like an Irish flair. I don't know how to explain it correctly. Uh, oh, got you. It's, it's Irish all... with the drinking, uh, American with the, 
you know, you swear on this Bible, you know, you know, these these kids, you know, these kids, you got to watch out for these kids. We're protecting these kids. I'm a cop, you know. Yeah, I, it feels I very and, and I'm not trying to be political about this feels very thin blue line. Yes. Where it's like, uh, you know, cops can do no wrong. And, and uh, like, it, it's very forgiving of Aaron Eckhart's character in this, who is a shitty cop. Yeah, he's the shittiest cop I've ever seen in cinema. Uh, and that includes Detroit, where that's a pretty shitty cop. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty shitty cop. But like, at least I don't know. I, you know, I take that back. In Detroit, there, he's no much defending shittier. that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was thinking more of like how they handle the situation, and then I remembered that. Well, that's he was about, he was uh, made. Of an that character was made to be shitty because yeah, that was based off a true story. But that guy was yeah. shitty. This guy, I don't think well, this yeah, was based off a real thing. Like, he's just shitty pretending to be a good cop basically. Yes. So I think what I was trying to say yes, is I that know. Detroit is shitty in a realistic way. Mhm. Whereas this is this feels like Hollywood shitty cop where it's just yeah. like he's trying to do the best but he you know he just uses the wrong means. Like any the, the confession that Benicio del Toro has would not hold up in court because nope. if it take anyone who watches the security footage from that will see how he was manipulated to see it's so obvious even without Jack Nicholson pointing it out you don't need Jack Nicholson pointing out how shitty that that whole interrogation was because anyone with a brain would be like he is obviously leading a mentally challenged person to yep. make a confession that it's, it's black and white in that it's not even like a gray area. It's black and white. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I feel like despite that, the film is very forgiving. It's like, Oh, this is just how cops are. No. Well, especially no. since, uh, Jack Nicholson's character is the only one that's really pushing to be like this. This is kind of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> If if Jack Jack Nicholson had like one other ally, or you know even the police chief, yeah, the police. Even chief. if the police chief just been went like, hey, we have to just close it for quota number because that's a lot of a lot of the reasons cases get solved way too quickly and incorrectly is because yeah. they have like quotas to hit, which is just dumb that cops have quotas. It makes them look for crimes that haven't happened, mm -hmm. um, and uh, so it's just. It, it, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's very. I do agree. It's very, his style is very American. Uh, like Into the Wild is like the hippie American, which yep. again, that's based on a true story, and I love that film. I'm not knocking that film, um, but he is very just like he he is a less obnoxious Clint Eastwood, and <laughs> I'm talking about like Clint Eastwood's patriotic films, not yeah, so yeah, much yeah. like the ones that are just like. We have these brave heroes playing themselves in this movie about these soldiers who stopped a terrorist on a train. And again, not knocking those soldiers. They obviously did a very brave thing. But uh, uh, how about you stop uh, jerking it on the flag? I'm pretty sure that's against the flag code. <laughs> jerking it on the flag. Yeah. Um, so my, my biggest uh, turn away from this, like uh, the breaking point on this, was mm -hmm. when... You know, he's he's trying to still hunt this guy down, but at a, at a certain point, he's kind of slowing it down. He buys, like, a fish shop. and it, But it all feels, like, formulated. Like, he's planning to do all this. Like, he's buying this fish shop to look for this guy. Yeah. At the same time, he's probably doing it for himself, but it felt like he was doing it to look for this guy. And then, like, he kind of 
koozies into uh, this woman and her daughter. Uh, it's broken family, so it's just those two and the ex-husband somewhere. And then he's helping them out. The ex-husband pops up, but she's domestic abuse. Uh, he's like, yeah, stay at our place or stay at my place. I got plenty of rooms. Don't know what to do with them. Gonna kind of koozies into the to the, their relationship, and then you know the 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 chick is like. She gets attracted to him because he's really good to the kid. And, like, you're like, oh, that's that's a little gross. But, you know, I get it. You he's, know, like, whatever. 40 years older. I'm pretty sure uh, Robin Wright was still married to Sean Penn at that point. Yep. And I was like, oh, that's a little gross. But I guess I could forgive it, and I don't want to. But the then it was became the... <laughs> That it felt like he was just using the kid. Like, he didn't actually care about the kid. He was just using the kid. Yeah. And that was disgusting to me. Maybe it was meant to be like that, obviously. I mean, but it, it is. It's kind of... I think it is, because that's, like, why she starts hating him at the end. Yeah, and then he, um, he, like, he keeps... Him. He's, setting, he's setting her up to get caught so he can capture the guy. And it's just... It's fucking gross. Like, you literally just stop caring. I stopped caring for his character at all at that yeah. point. Like I was liking him until till that. That was my breaking point. I'm like, well, now I, I just lost like interest in this. <laughs> when he got the actual like active police involved too, I feel like they would have been like, "Hey, we can't use a kid as bait." Yeah. Like, oh, a hundred percent. Like it, it's it, I it's it feels like it, it and you know I'm not I'm not like just going. I mean, I am just going off by their names. But the writers have very European names. There's umlauts and and everything. Uh, uh, yeah, the, one of the writers is from Poland. I believe the other one's probably from Germany, if I'm going off this name, Durenmott, um, uh, Switzerland. Uh, and so it seems like uh, some Europeans watched American cop dramas and then wrote their own without doing any research about the actual like legal system which is fine i guess but it makes for a very obnoxious and annoying movie well even if you suspend your belief there for a minute he still didn't he had the chocolates he she wore a red dress but he didn't have enough evidence to even call them out like that maybe to get help with investigating more Mm -hmm. but i don't know about calling a whole swat team without the proper evidence i don't think yeah i think it would have been a better movie uh, you know, you know, it ends with the the man who was to blame getting into a car accident where he's uh, turned into a burnt chicken nugget. At a, mm-hmm. uh, I'm a burnt, he's a, a pedophile. I do not feel bad for calling like making fun of a burning victim when he's a pedophile. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, he dies and the whole th- like Jack Nicholson. I feel like it would have been more interesting if he sets up this whole thing and then. Because of it, the girl dies. And yeah. you know, that would have been way more interesting, uh, granted, probably harder to sell than what happened. And But, you know, I'm. It's, the, it's just frustrating when you're, it's, it's close to a good idea, but then just is it falls so, short. So one thing before I get into the actual ending is another thing that kind of kind of threw me off is seeing like these celebrities in here. That, that would just show up for a scene, kind of threw yeah. me out of it for I'm like, what the fuck is Helen Mirren doing here? And then she never yeah. pops up again. Like, the characters that show up and then don't pop back in, 
It's mm-hmm. like, okay, so did they have anything to do with future context, or is that just like them just being there? That threw me off. That annoyed me a little bit. But so I already got tired of that breaking point where they you know, they got together, and then he's kind of using this little girl to get the guy. But the ending pissed me off so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so. It felt pointless that I watched this movie. Yeah, and I and I was liking it for a good hour. That's was, the crazy part. It was very unsatisfying and not in a good way. Movie. Some movies can be unsatisfying, but in a good way. This was unsatisfying in the worst way possible. Like and if it was, if it the was context, not interesting in any way either. Yeah, if the context of what happened to the pedo happened instead of just happening like it did, like I don't know, maybe maybe. Uh, Jack Nicholson ran him off the road or something like that, but he never actually knew if it was him. So I, I don't like he never got the full evidence to know if it was him or not. I don't know. Yeah. But you're the SWAT team's just following this girl, and then, then they they have to pull out because Jack Nicholson's being crazy, and then, I don't know. Then it just literally cuts yeah. to the guy crashed and burning. And yeah. we have no idea who the guy was or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was just it was just him, and yeah. that was that was it. And that was so. I saw the burning car. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, it was <laughs> it was so unsatisfying. Uh, it, it, that's probably my biggest problem with it is how unsatisfying. Of, of course, the romantic subplot, which I thought was completely forced. Um, mm-hmm. And, and you know me with it romances, was, especially when they're forced. But it was just a setup for a character we never even got to see. So when we saw them burning in a car, it's like you felt oh, nothing. Th- there's what is there there? Like yeah. there's n- you felt nothing, and you didn't like Jack Nicholson's character by that point. Yeah. So you didn't care that he would live the rest of his life thinking that the guy was still out there. Uh, there was better ways to get to that point, but they didn't. So exactly. it just was just it was just sad. Like I just yeah. <laughs> I and like, another thing, Ugh. I've I've never been an alcoholic. Uh, I don't think you have either. Uh, but you have been drunk. <laughs> not I yet. Have not, <laughs> I have not been now. drunk. You have been drunk. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I mm. don't think that uh, hallucinations and uh, you know, kind of paranoia comes from being an alcoholic. Uh, I mean, it could be there, but hallucinate really hallucinations. Gotta, uh it depends how like. You probably if you get wasted all the time, like I, I guess. Yeah, maybe maybe his brain was just like melting. But then they also didn't really like show him drinking that much too. <laughs> they didn't. Sh- they, he had a couple beers. Like he yeah. didn't have like a drinking problem. He had a couple. That's like literally the average person maybe have, yeah. has a couple beers. Besides, you know, you. But that's yeah. Uh, well, I mean that you know it's a, if if I you know me with soda. If I drank beer as much as I do soda, I'd be an alcoholic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but it's well, uh, that's the crazy thing is he only drank. He had a, like a shot with like the 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 girl's uh, mother, but that was because yeah. she had just been like beaten. I don't even know if that was yeah, a shot. I think but, he poured a shot of beer. Yeah, I remember uh, someone. I feel like it's Aaron Eckhart or someone else mentioning that he's always been a drunk, and I'm just like, when was yeah, he, he called ever him a drunk? Dr- he definitely called him a drunk clown at the end. Yeah, and I was like, when when was he ever drunk? Like. And and then they also don't mention if he has some kind of mental illness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just kind of like out of left field. Uh, and I'm looking at the 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb, and I'm like, it's not a horrible film. 
Yeah. But I find it hard to believe that that enough people like it for it to have a six point eight out of ten. Like if it were five, I would understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but six point eight is kind of high for what I would expect from a f- a film like this, yeah. and this does not hit it. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I definitely don't know what the appeal is. Maybe because of Sean Penn. A lot of people like Sean Penn. Yeah, um, I feel like this is a. Um, the movie's <laughs> rated R, so like I don't know why the drinking scenes weren't added if they wanted to, you know, portray that he was a drunk. Yeah. Um, the the, like the brutal like body, uh, scenes where they show like the the girls like, uh, what's the word mutilated? I guess. Yeah. Where the brief moments where they showed like a mutilated body, those yeah. were well done, but, mm-hmm. uh, it it wasn't enough to like save from the rest of it. Like, there was one part where he bursts into the church, like, getting ready to blast this pastor. And, like, I was, I was bad at it. I'm like, oh, let this be the dude, because they were setting it up. And then it, it was just like a, you know, like a kind of, I guess, hallucin, well, he was like vision that, like, that's what he was preparing for to shoot this dude down. Yeah. And, like, that scene was cool, but, like, then they took it away, like, immediately. Mm -hmm. Understandably, they were setting up a false uh, suspect. Yeah, um, but I don't know, man. This movie, I was I was liking it a decent amount, and then it pissed me off twice. <laughs> yeah, I never really got into it mainly because of the editing, uh, yeah. specifically the editing uh, following the kid on the snowmobile who finds the body. Um, it cuts between him and Jack Nicholson going about his day. Yeah, and it's the most clunky editing I have ever seen. The, actually, the beginning felt it gave me like Wind River vibes, and I, I was liking that for a hot second. Uh, fun fact: I'm not a fan of Wind River, also That's, because of the editing. Oh, uh, but I do love the story of Wind River. I just think it's horribly edited. Yeah. Personally, again, I'm not trying to 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 knock anyone. I personally do not like the editing editing mm. in it, but I know most people. Don't care, um, which is fine. <laughs> but it, it it bothered me, and yeah. Uh, yeah, the editing in this also bothered me. So um, that that would make sense. Yeah, I don't have too much more to say about it. I think I've, yeah, I've said all the parts that I really care about. I think yeah, same here. So that does it for a review for the pledge. That brings us to the judgment. As always, it needs to be unanimous decision whether or not it goes on the KFR shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. This was my movie this week. Mm. Uh, so that means I get to go first. I think it's very clear from everything I said. Uh, I probably was not as positive about this film as I probably could have been. I focused on the negatives this review, but, you know, I, I feel I mean, like my... When- my my negatives were more strongly felt than my positives. I was going to say, when the negatives kind of outweigh the positive, it's hard to, like, redeem yeah. that. Uh, great performances, even from, like, the cameo characters, yeah. uh, where, like, you're just like, oh, this person's in it, and it takes you out of it. They're mm-hmm. great performances. They're just so famous, it takes you out of it. Yeah. Um, Especially so, since it's, like, a, it feels like a small town, you know, yeah. fishing spot. So. Yeah. But, you know, honestly, even if it were just for the editing alone, I would say this doesn't go on the shelf because I really hated the editing in this. It bothered the ever-living shit out of me. <laughs> I'm so glad that we know, like, it's, people no longer edit movies like that. To, uh, to I guess, justify that I didn't care that much about the editing, I kind of, I had it on the background. Obviously, I was paying attention to it, but not enough to pay attention to how bad the editing could have been yeah um so like it's a good background movie especially like if you're still paying attention to it but uh i don't know i don't know i didn't 
I liked this movie for the first hour. It was decent, like two and a half. I was ready to give it two and a half, depending on how the ending went. And mm-hmm. the ending just sucked my ass. So the ending's the worst part, honestly. Like it's infuriating. Between that and how then the, them like this. hooking up, I was like, "That's fucking st- <laughs> no." Weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's the the ending it ruined it for me. Yeah. Uh, like I was willing to give it a two and a half. I don't think it would have made it on the shelf though, regardless. But still, I was like, Gah. Yeah, it's there's 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 so much there that it could have been a great movie. Mm-hmm. It just it falls. Uh, it falls short. You ever see uh, the other guys when Samuel yeah. Jackson and The Rock jump towards the hedges? Mm-hmm. It's that. It's that of a yep. movie. It, it could that, have been a great yeah. action sequence, but then they're stupid and jump for the hedges <laughs> off of a 20-story building. Yep. Uh, and then they still miss, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. They definitely miss. So, yeah. They hit the pavement. Is, <laughs> that is how I feel. This is and Samuel Jackson. And the bushes Jackson. were, like, across the street. They weren't even, <laughs> they weren't even below them. Yeah, so this is Samuel Jackson and Dwayne mm. Johnson in The Other Guys. Uh, so, The Pledge does not make it on the KFR show for the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. That brings us to our next week's movie. Glenn, yeah. it is your turn to pick. What What we watching? So, I had one ready, and then Hulu does... I, I, I think I rant this to you at least once every other month. Mm. Hulu annoys the fuck out of me. You'll have something in your watch list, and then it'll remain there, even though the app like takes it off of the app. Yeah. Um, so then you go, you're like, oh, I finally want to watch this movie. It's not there. Like, at least Amazon lets you know that it, you have to still rent it now or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But it's, I was going to pick Hidalgo, you know, fucking Vigo Mortensen. I was, I was fucking ready for it, riding horses and shit. But, uh, I saw you had not seen this and I had been wanting to see this. Um, I feel like you might've saw it and you just didn't grade it, but who knows? We're about to see, uh, Event Horizon. I don't think I have seen that. Holy shit. At 0300 this morning, TDRS picked up an automated navigation beacon broadcasting at two-minute intervals in Neptune orbit. Neptune orbit. This is incredible. It's the event horizon. She's come back. The event horizon the culmination of a secret government project to create a spacecraft capable of faster than light flight. Ship doesn't really go faster than light. What it does is it creates a dimensional gateway that allows it to jump instantaneously from one point of the universe to another light years away. Where has she been for the last seven years, Doctor? That's what we're here to find out. After seven years, Space. There were 18 people on board this ship when it disappeared. I want them all accounted for. Opening outer door. It came back abandoned. Any crew? Negative. This place is a tomb. But it didn't come back alone. I hear good things about this movie, but it's got a score that's somehow below the pledge. <laughs> so this this will be interesting, at least. Yeah, I hear this is Paul W.S. Anderson's only good movie, so I'm interested yeah. in, in, in seeing it. Um, so, Event Horizon. A rescue crew investigates a spaceship that disappeared into a black hole and has now returned with someone or something new on board. 
director uh, Paul W.S. Anderson, written by Philip Eisner, uh, stars Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Neill, Kathleen Quinlan, uh, Jolie, or yeah, Jolie Richardson, Richard T. Jo- Jones, Jason <laughs> Isaacs, uh, Jack Noseworthy, Sean Pertwee, plenty of other people below them. Um, so yeah, I had I I heard good things. Literally, actually, like a week or two ago too. Um, and luckily, since Hidalgo wasn't on the list, I saw this on Amazon. I was like, oh goddamn. Uh, speaking of Amazon, this is on YouTube primetime subscription. It is on Amazon, Paramount, uh, Roku, and Philo. For if you've got subscriptions with any of those, uh, most likely you got Prime, so that's kind of yeah. the way to go. And you could probably rent it as well. Yeah, that that too, you silly goose. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Event Horizon. Yes, so Event Horizon is our film for next week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, you can check out our website at www.keystonefilmreview.com. On Instagram, we're Keystone underscore film underscore review. Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, Keystone Film Review. And on Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I'm Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when we uh, events uh, her, our horizon. It's Fuck. it's on that horizon. It's We're, we're going to have events on our, our horizon. I believe mm-hmm. uh, Burning Man is an event that's on our horizon. Coachella's coming up, I think. Yeah. I, I think it's currently happening. Oh, shit. Uh, I also we're do late. not care because I hate everything about Coachella. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I've been saying everything with that inflection lately. Coachella. <laughs> Which is just very matter of fact. Uh, but yes, <laughs> goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.